the um, Extreme Makeover, the Holy Spirit edition, subtitle, A Transformation of the Inner Man. Transformation of the Inner Man. 2 Corinthians 5.17 states this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's good news, isn't it? Well, last Sunday night, after Martha and I took our evening walk, kind of settled down and turned on the boob tube, and uh, I do the... Uh, little press button, you know, cruise, cruise the channels, right? Switch the channel, switch the channel, 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Oh, wait a minute, wait, back up. Right, Martha likes channel 36. You get the elevator music and kind of slowly scrolls by and puts you to sleep, you know. So I had the clicker. That's the secret. You got to get the clicker, right? So I just kind of cruising along, click, 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 and... Um, the Extreme Makeover Weight Loss Edition. I've seen this thing advertised, you know, a thousand times. There's uh, extreme makeovers for everything from your home to your, your body to your hairdo, whatever you want, I guess. You can get an extreme makeover. But for whatever reason, this one caught my attention. And uh, I didn't finish the whole thing. I got to about two-thirds of it, and then I had to go to bed. It was a little bit much. But I did realize some, some things from watching what I watched, and um, about especially the coaches' methods. I want to see if you can pick up on any of them. Uh, I found the Internet bio on that particular uh, episode. Uh, the woman, her name is Jackie, that's J-A-C-Q-U-I, Jackie McCoy, says, Jackie McCoy transforms life on extreme makeover, weight loss edition. When Jackie McCoy first met trainer Chris Powell, she weighed 355 pounds at her first extreme makeover, weight loss edition weigh-in. But there was more behind McCoy's story and transformation than just a food addiction. McCoy was 14 when she attended a party where she was raped by a boy. After the childhood trauma, her weight spiraled out of control. I just couldn't deal with it, McCoy said. I kind of used food to help me cope. An internet sales manager living in West Palm Beach, Florida, McCoy, 30, has been battling food addiction and obesity for more than half her life. When she married her husband, Sean, she weighed more than 300 pounds. Her biggest fear was not being able to have a child because of her weight gain. I was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, knowing that because of my weight, we're unable to have a child, McCoy said. Powell, the trainer, challenged McCoy to a 90-day, 90-pound weight loss exercise program. Now, if any of you have ever been in exercise or weight loss, I mean, that is like, wow, you know? And when he said that to us, she said, gasp, right? The workouts were emotionally draining for McCoy, but Powell was there every step of the way to motivate her to get through them. 
Once I lost so much weight the first 90 days, I started to recognize my own power and my own worth, and that I could do these incredible things, she said. After McCoy met her goal, she earned a trip to Ireland for the honeymoon she had never received. When McCoy got to Ireland, she got another surprise. Powell told her she would have to ride a bike for 100 kilometers, that's 62 miles, through the hills of Ireland. The ride was grueling, and there were times McCoy looked as if she would quit. But Powell was once again at her side when she crossed the finish line. Back in the States, McCoy met with the doctors after her 90-day regiment to find out she can now have the children she has always wanted. McCoy also went under the knife to remove almost six square feet of excess skin. Then the time came to reveal what was 365 days in the making. McCoy lost 207 pounds. This is the largest percentage weight loss in any reality TV show ever, Powell said. Now a year and a half after the record-setting weight loss, McCoy works with Powell and his team to maintain her weight at 155 pounds. McCoy credits Powell for helping her reclaim her life. I know that he met me in the darkest time in my life, and he didn't have to love me and invest in me the way that he did, McCoy said. I am forever grateful, and I love that he's proud of me. Pretty extreme story. Now, I don't know about you, but I recognize several uh, very powerful New Testament relational principles at work here. You all right? You okay? All right. All right. The first principle that I recognize contains two ingredients, a goal and a prize, a goal and a prize. The Apostle Paul writes to the Philippian church about his own motivation. In Philippians 3.14, he says, I press on toward the goal. I press on toward the goal for the prize. You see, a goal and a prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The intensity of pressing on is reflected in Paul's use of the comparative analogy to the Olympic Games when writing to the Corinthian church about the process of transformation. Hard work and discipline are required. This is not a cakewalk. 1 Corinthians 9.24 Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Listen, we're all running somewhere. Do you have a destination? Do you have a finish line in view? Or are you just running in circles? Chris Powell made this very profound statement. He says, if you work within the system, you will get the desired effects. Okay? If you remember anything today, if you can take home something today, please take this home with you. If you work within the system, 
you will get the desired effects. Not only did Chris teach Jackie the system and set a goal for her, but on her return home after the 90 days, she discovered that he had had her whole living room transformed into a personal gym with all the equipment she needed to accomplish her goals. Christ also has equipped us for success in accomplishing the goals he has set for our lives. 2 Peter 1.3 says this, His divine power has granted to us all things, all things, not just some, all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's got what you need. Through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. Whose glory and excellence? Yours? Mine? No, no. To his glory and excellence. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? But he's got what you need to get there. Just work the system. Do the work. You'll get there. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers in the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now, I want to do a little adjusting on our thinking about sinful desire. Because most of us, when we hear that, we think about, you know, oh, stealing or drinking or doing drugs or, you know. But I got to tell you, I brought in a lot of sinful desires from my past that had nothing to do with unlawful activities. I had a lot of things that I, I acted out from bad emotional experiences from my past. Okay? Sinful desires that were fueled by the desire to protect myself from other people the desire to make sure that I'm right and you're wrong, that I'm on the top and you're underneath, the desire to be the winner and not the loser, the desire to be whatever, wherever I have to take superiority over a situation. That's a sinful desire. You see, because in in that case, it's all about me. It's not about you. It's not the servant heart of Jesus Christ. That's sinful desire. See, when when I want what I want at the cost of someone else, that's sinful desire. So just to clarify that. But if you work within the system, you'll get the desired effects. I was 10 years into my conversion before I really began to work the system, and the fruit of that has been life-transforming. You see, the system doesn't start just because you pray a sinner's prayer. Just because you say, yes, Jesus, I need you, he already knew that. The system begins to work when you begin to work, when you commit yourself to serving the living Christ and others. But here's the real clincher. Remember, the goal is the loss of 90 pounds in 90 days. For us, it's the loss of the weight of all the burdens of our former life. Both of those goals are really tough goals, aren't they? It's really hard to accomplish either one of those. Both of those are near impossible goals to accomplish on our own. So for the 90 days, Chris Powell, a full-time, highly trained and qualified trainer, makes a personal commitment to Jackie's goal by moving into her home with her and her family to help ensure her success. And by the middle of the program, all of a sudden, 
You see Jackie doing her exercises, and standing beside her is her husband. He's now doing the exercise. And then they flash forward to a couple of weeks later, Jackie's doing her squats, and there's her husband, and then her mother is over on this side, and she's doing the exercise. You see, as her life is transforming, other members of her family are being drawn into the process. Jesus is committed to your spiritual success and wants to move into your life. Hebrews 13, 5 says this, For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I want you to say that. The Lord is my helper. Some of you need to hear this and grab a hold of this truth that he wants not only your transformation, but he wants your transformation to begin to draw family members into his relationship with you. You see, and some of you find that hard to believe. You've got family members that you think they're never going to come to know Jesus Christ. They're never going to get saved. They're never going to turn their lives around. Right? Start working the system. Start getting involved in doing the work that he wants you to do to transform your life and watch them come. Because he wants it more than you do. Jesus is fully equipped and qualified to accomplish the task of transformation in our lives and in the lives of family members. He is so fully committed and he has the stuff to do it. When speaking of Jesus' effect on our lives, Paul states this in Philippians 3.21, that he will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, now listen to this, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. The same power that Jesus Christ exercises to maintain the equilibrium of all created matter is the power that he will use to transform your life. That is astounding. It's an astounding statement that the God of all creation wants to be that intimate and involved in your life, that he's willing to exercise that kind of authority. If you work within the system, you will get the desired effects. So what's the system and how do you work it? Well, one of the things that really caught my attention in the program was that whenever Jackie began to express doubt about her ability to continue, maybe to do the next exercise or to give three more squats or push through the pain of running for another mile or or whatever, Chris would not focus directly on the present pain but instead he would reflect back to past events, past failures, past traumas, and encourage her away from the thought processes that were, have be, been convincing her that she was a failure. He wouldn't tell her, oh, listen, don't, don't 
you know, focus on that pain in your legs. Think about all the times that what you're thinking right now has told you you were no good, that you had no worth or value. I'm here to tell you, you do have value. You can push through. You can make this thing happen. And he began to transform her thinking so that her body was able to push through and accomplish the task at hand. He was renewing her mind, and her body obeyed her renewed mind. You struggling with something, you stuck with something, you begin to renew your mind with the word of God and your body will follow suit. You can have power over addiction. You can have power over sickness and disease. You can convince yourself that Jesus Christ is able by the same power that maintains the universe around you. He's able to give you authority over your own life. And that's good news. The Apostle Paul instructs the church in the same way in Ephesians 4.22. He says, put off your old self. Put it off, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Ever felt alone in a crowd? Ever seen someone at a party, I mean a real kind of full of joy and everyone's laughing party and here's this, you know, wallflower over on the side and they're just depressed and all down and kind of frumpy and you say, you know, what's, what's with that? What's with them, you know? Where's that coming from? Where's it coming from? It's not the environment they're in. It's coming from in here. It's coming from in their mind. You see, something is impacting their life. Maybe when they were a kid, they had a bad party experience. When I first married Martha, we had six kids together in the house, right? And Martha is a board game person. I, I remember early on, this is really early on, and she pulled out the Monopoly board. Oh, let's all play Monopoly. I went into meltdown. I don't do Monopoly. I hate that game. I'm not sitting and playing that game. I'll watch from over there, but, you know. So, years later, I discover a memory where when I was about six, my stepdad had found out that I was sneaking cigarettes. Yeah. Inner city, baby. (laughs) So, anyways, every, every Saturday night, they'd have family members over, and they would play Monopoly and out in the kitchen. And when they did Monopoly, the kids were not allowed in the kitchen. You were in the other room. So this night, they're all set up with the Monopoly board, and my stepdad hollers, Dick, come in here. So I'm thinking, oh, great, I get to play Monopoly, right? Have a seat. And he pulls out, you ever see in a joke shop, you can get those cigars, they're about this long and as thick as a roll of paper towels, right? So, I heard you want to smoke. And he made me smoke that whole thing until I threw up. And they're all pointing at me and laughing, and they had a real good time at my expense. Never liked Monopoly after that. That was my former life. And in the now, that former life was dictating that I couldn't play Monopoly with my own family. I needed to be renewed in my mind and delivered 
from that sinful lust, that protection. No, I'm not going to be ridiculed. They're not going to laugh at me. They're not going to make jokes about me. You know, I'm not going to be put on the spot here. All of that was coming up from my past, dictating who I would be and how I would act. It was my former life. In my current painful situation, I needed to deal with my former life influences. I'm talking about something much bigger than just positive thinking or positive confession. I'm talking about real mind renewal and transformation. Here in these painful moments and memories of my life and mind is where I need Christ. Jesus, you know what I'm feeling. You know what my mind is telling me. Would you bring me your truth? Would you speak to the pain I'm feeling now and tell me your opinion about me? My mind gets renewed as he just reassures me, Dick, it's okay. It's okay. I think you're a great guy. I really love you, man. You know, I'd play Monopoly with you anytime. And it's okay. And all of a sudden, all the pain is replaced by all the acceptance of Christ who gave his life for me. And what a difference that makes. I need to, as Colossians 3.10 states, put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, But it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you have something you think you can't be free of? Do you have something that so grabs a hold of you in a negative way that you say, I'll never be free of that. I just can't imagine my life would ever be any different than it is right now. This scripture says different. What your heart can't even imagine. Listen, a year from now, a year from now, you do the work. You get into the system. You believe Christ for the things that you can't believe your own life for, and you will be different a year from now. You can be a new creature in Christ. I guarantee it. His word says it. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Your own heart has not imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord 
so as to instruct him. And here's, here's the thing you can grab a hold of. We have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have invited him into your heart, if you have made him Lord over your life, you have access to the mind of Christ. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. By testing. You know, do you ever, do you ever think of that, that term? I mean, I don't want to be tested by God. Right? I, I think that would, be, that would be a terrible thing. Right? I mean, I, I do that to myself enough. I don't need God to trip me up, right? But we think that way sometimes. Oh, oh, God's putting me through this test. He's putting me through this trial. Yo, what's up with that? What did I do wrong? Blah, 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 you know. But listen, if you've got a, 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 an understanding of, of mind renewal and transformation, it's not so that he can trip you up. He's bringing you to this place to reveal to you the things that he wants to heal. Yo, so when I come to the place and I see that, that game board on the table and now all of a sudden I've got these emotions, I can say this. Or I can say one of two things. Oh, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you putting me in this situation? I hate when this happens. Or I can say, oh, Lord, I'm really feeling bad about this. What's going on? Would you tell me what's going on inside of me? Where is this coming from? What's the truth about these feelings that I'm feeling? And I can listen for the Lord to speak into my life, and he can renew my mind so that I can look at that, that Monopoly board and not feel bad, but know that the God of all creation loves me. And I can sit down and play that game with my wife. These moments that in the past have been so painful to us and often so destructive to relationships with others, now in Christ become opportunities to invite Jesus into the deeper parts of our being so that by his power and love, our minds can be renewed to think and react differently and our lives can be transformed in an extreme makeover, the divine love edition. Isn't that good? Then we can begin to live as Jesus designed us to live. In 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, rejoice always. Wouldn't you like to be able to do that? To rejoice always? To pray without ceasing? To give thanks in all circumstances? When was the last time you were in a bad circumstance and you started saying, oh, praise God! Thank you, Jesus. You set me up to fall. Been a while, right? Now you can do it. You set me up so that I can see myself more clearly and so that you can touch my heart and change my mind. And I can give thanks. I can give thanks in all situations. Instead of being angry, instead of feeling down in the dumps, I can rejoice that God is showing me something so that I can be transformed. And tomorrow I'll be different than I was today. And that incident will never affect me negatively again. And that's good news. For this 
This is the will of God in Christ for you. What's God's will for my life? Lord, what's your will for my life? I want to transform you. I want you to know joy. I want you to know happiness. I don't want you to live in pain. I don't want you to live in addiction. I don't care if it's food, drugs, alcohol, this or that. I want you to live with joy, giving praise to me. I want you to know the joy that I feel when I see you. Wouldn't that be better? This is God's will for you, and he has a program. And if you work the program, you get the result. Do not quench the spirit. God is at work. Listen, you can say no. Oh, I don't want to deal with that. That hurts too much. Why would I want to look at that? I can remember my wife saying to me, one time, I, I acted in a very negative way, and she said, you know, you really need to look at that behavior. Well, I don't want to look at it. It already made me angry. <laughs> so then the next time it happened, it made me angry again. And I realized I had to look at it. I had to deal with it. I had to do something about that so that I wasn't there anymore. And thank God that Christ has given us all that we need so that we can do that. And all it takes is, Lord, give me the truth about what I'm feeling right now. Transform me. I'm going to ask you to all stand. And I know we all got stuff, right? We all got stuff. Except for Bob. Bob, Bob doesn't have any stuff. So I'd like you to just think about something that's really been, been pressing your button emotionally. You know, something you get in this situation or, you know, someone comes up behind you and says, oh, don't come up behind me, you know, or, don't touch me that way. Or, you know, why are you saying that? Are you just acting inappropriately for the behavior going on, you know, and you're just all stirred up, you know, some, something you, oh, man, I wish I could just stop doing that. Well, you can't with the help of Jesus. I want you to think about one thing you'd like to change by the time you leave here today. There's something you could say, Lord, take this out of my thought process. Take this out of my emotional bundle. I don't want to react this way anymore. I don't want to think this way anymore. I want you to just lift that thing up to the Lord right now as I pray. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and give us the mind of Christ. Lord, we want to step out of our former lives, these things that are pressing in on us from our past, these things that cause us pain, cause us shame, anger, rage, whatever it is, oh God, these thoughts that are negative or destructive when we relate back to other people or destructive to ourselves, oh God, they get us all stirred up so we can't enjoy life, we can't worship you, we can't enjoy relationships. Lord, all of this that we're brought up to this point in time, Lord, this particular thing right now, I want you to name it. I, I just give it to you. Lord, this thought process in my head, this emotion right in my head, just name it quietly in your own mind up to the Lord. And Lord, I just invite you now by your spirit to speak truth up against that thing that each one is thinking about right now, that they would hear you speak some truth to them. Lord, that would bring them a change in their mind, a change in their emotion. Lord, some peace to their heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you, O oh God, 
uh, to just utter your voice in that place of distress and bring comfort and peace and transformation in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for it. I give you praise. I give you thanks for that today.